we live. Live out. So what's happening? All blessed you. Another week in paradise. Another week in paradise. I'll let you get. I'll let you get. You sure you're gonna be comfortable like that with your legs like that? Yeah. yeah. That looks like a Buddha at the moment, people. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just thought um, it was amazing. I was watching yesterday breaking news that Donald had been acquitted again. Uh, second time he's been acquitted in twelve months. But bro, what was crazy about what I was seeing? But didn't yesterday? you think that he was always gonna get acquitted? No. No. Nah, I've got to be honest with you. I thought he was in Shit's Creek. Okay. I thought the Democrats had finally got enough power in the Senate, enough power in Congress yeah. to push this all the way through. And apparently seven Republicans switched yeah, yeah, yeah. and went on the Democrat yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. Now, just to make things clear, it's not a case of um, we're Democrats, we're Republicans. It's not a case of Donald's this or Donald's that or Biden's this or Biden's that. It's just pure observation. That's all this is, yeah? So yesterday, I'm watching the coverage of it, and I just thought it was amazing how... So you know the Democrats? Their evidence was all based on second-hand information. So that means that you, as a witness, are basically testifying, saying that you heard Dave talking to someone, and they said something about Donald. So there was no first party, so to speak, witness statements. It was all hearsay. So that's the first thing, yeah? Donald's lawyer from Philadelphia, I can't remember his name, but it was an absolute legend. He basically, he looked at it as, there's, 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 I'm just trying to get, his name's Michael Van Deveen, okay? So he based his case on four areas of pure weakness. And it was embarrassing, Hash, because you would expect an impeachment case to have rock solid evidence, considering it's one of the biggest cases in that country's kind of, you can't get bigger than putting a president on trial. And it's the second time he's been impeached as second well. Second time in 12 months, so... Basically, they've rushed it and there's major inconsistencies. So check this out. One of the evidence was based on a speech that Donald Trump had done. And in the speech, the Democrats had edited all of the speech to make it sound like he was inciting everyone to go and write at Capitol Hill. But when Donald Trump's lawyer showed the real interview, the real version that was captured, because this speech was done live in front of thousands of people, you could see where they'd edited the footage to make it look like what Donald was saying was go down there and start war when really he was saying we'll go down there peacefully and as and 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 do it in in a proper democratic way so that really started to I thought to myself flipping hell man the Democrats tried to come proper dirty like that check out the second one politics is a dirty game it is bro but when it comes to to law and order and the constitution and the whole scales and the balance. Why did no one tell them that eventually we're going to look like idiots sure. when this comes to court? We're going to sure. look like fools. Yeah. Check this one out. Check this one out. This is this is even better. <clears throat> they tried to say that Donald Trump kept using the words like fight back and we're not going to stand for this and fight, fight, fight. So you know what Donald's lawyer did? He went and got 10 minute. He made a 10 minute montage of all Democrats using the same words. Johnny Depp is on this montage. Johnny, you know what Johnny Depp says? Why is Johnny Depp on the montage? Because the, Demo the, the Republican lawyer is showing the Democrats were using just as inflammatory words right, okay. or even worse, okay? So there's one politician, she says she wants to take Donald Trump out tonight. Bang, bang. There's one, uh, Johnny Depp says, have you ever known an actor to kill a president? It's like the whole case was based on Donald trying to create this kind of um, uh, unrest. But really, what you got to see in the case was the Democrats were actually editing, manipulating and using every dirty trick in the book because they just hate him so much. Mm -hmm. 
Like they hate this dude. And they got defeated 50, 54 to 46, something like that. Look, at the end of the day, all I'm trying to say is that it's, it's, you can't pin a whole riot on one man's words. Sure. That's, that's not fair because then we take away all the responsibility of the adults that went there and done what they done in terms of the violent part. Do you know what I'm saying? That's like me saying, that's like me saying, you can condone the violence of the Black Lives Matter riots or you can condone the violence of other riot, uh, other protests. But as soon as you've got people that feel that Donald Trump's election was rigged, all of a sudden it's blamed on, on like Donald's a dictator all of a sudden. And that's what, that's the one thing that, it's not about him, we've got to make it clear. If you remove him and put any other person in that position, it's just the fact that he's hated so much by his rivals. So any, any trick they can use or, look bro, at the end of the day, the impeachment was done for one thing and one thing only. Nancy Pelosi wanted to try and get it in, in, in a position where he can never run for president again. That's all it is. They want to silence him politically because the man's voice is strong. Whether it's right or wrong is irrelevant. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is 70 million people voted for this geezer, okay? And then people are trying to tell me that, well, hold on, 71 million people voted for Biden. Okay, cool, no problem. I'm not, I'm not here to test the election. But to then go on and impeach a guy that's already lost the election and say that he started a riot and then edit the evidence hash. This is the, this is the situation, bro. You could, this is the deep part. You can say all you want about Donald being a wanker. Cool, bring it. He is. He's done enough wanker as shit. We know that. But in a court of law, you have to come with facts, hash. Otherwise, you disrespect the justice process. So you sitting here and saying to me, Donald, in a way, there were things that he said and he knows that what he says can incite violence. All right, cool, fair enough. I'm going to give you that one. But in a court of law, when it's party A versus party B, in this case, Donald Trump, you can't try and manipulate the evidence. You can't try and make it look convenient because you fucking hate the geezer. The evidence has to be impartial. It has to be factual and it has to be compelling. What's weird is that there are so many other things that they could go after Trump for where there's actual evidence that can, they can actually convict him, but they're choosing not to do that. So Al Capone. Yeah. How'd they get Al Capone? Taxes. Right. So why do they never go, why do, why do they never try and go after Donald in the same way? Why is it, if he's so Teflon, because all that's happening now, right? Is, Teflon Don. Exactly. So all of his, all of his followers, Hash, all of the people that are ignorant, the people that aren't as educated, like you said, the ones that might listen to what he says and do stupid shit. You're giving them more fuel because you've you've presented him in a court of law to follow a judicial system twice and he's beaten it twice. Not only has he beaten it, the first time I think he was not guilty, the second time it was he was acquitted, which maybe he's not guilty again, I don't know. I didn't know whether it felt like on the second one, maybe the Democrats had just conceded that they had no case. But my main point is, if they really wanted Donald Hash, if they really, really wanted him, then their, their evidence game and um, like their preparation and what they were presenting in front of Congress should have, been, should have been rock solid. Donald Trump's lawyer had his house vandalized. He'd had his, his family, he'd been abused. Uh, the interview that I saw him on Sky News, he was, uh, uh, sorry, on Fox News, uh, he was quite emotional. Didn't want to talk too much about some of the um, abuse that he'd received. This is a man who is simply carrying out his job to defend someone based on the constitutions created by America. All of a sudden, he's now obviously pulled into the into the situation. And it's not a case, I've got to, got to keep reminding people, I'm not trying to take sides here, but 
if someone's going to vandalise Pelosi's house with pigs' uh, faces and all that blood because they wanted two grand in the bill for each American as opposed to $600, and that's splattered all over the news, cool. That's not, that's not, you shouldn't be doing that. You know what I mean? Go through the right processes and leave houses and intimidation alone. But why is it when it happens the other way around to the people that maybe the media don't really it's somehow support? acceptable. Some, oh, it's not covered, bro. It's not covered. It's not covered. So, uh, Michael Van Deveen, you've got to respect him and you've got to respect his team. Um, another interesting one, they said on, on last point as well, because um, I can't remember all of what happened, but I encourage people that do listen to this to go onto YouTube and watch different coverages of um, the impeachment acquittal, but also watch the interviews with the people that were on trial, i.e. the lawyers, um, the, the, the defendants, because you get to hear it firsthand. So the coronavirus, right? Because of America's, um, not America, sorry, because of the Democrats' reaction to the Capitol Hill riots, they obviously made Washington look like an army base, yeah? Which meant that over 500 no, that's a lie. Over something like two to 300 personnel from the National Guard or from the Army uh, all contracted corona. So they were just saying the whole point of this overprotective, paranoid situation that you caused, you actually spread the virus even further amongst our national services. But yeah. What Trump being acquitted means that he can run for president again in four years' time? Yeah, but I don't think he will. No, I in don't my think opinion, he will. I think that he'll be 70. He'll be old. He'll be 79, yeah. maybe something like that, yeah. 78. I don't think he'll run for presidency again, but I think his family or figureheads within there might do. But the last thing that Michael Van Der Veen said, and forgive me if I've, if I've pronounced his name wrong, but you'll see I'm about 80% right. My apologies on the mispronunciation. Um, Michael Van Der Veen, spelt V-E-E-N. Anyway, he said at the end of his interview, which I thought was very nice considering that he just won a massive case. He could have been like, California loves <laughs> California thugs, like Tupac, but yeah. he won. He was very humble and he was very cool. And I like the way that he said, at the moment, it's all polarised to the left or it's all polarised to the right. We need to come towards the middle yeah, a little sure. bit, man. Like, yeah, just yeah. come towards the middle yeah. so that we can finesse a bit more. Let's refine the rawness of the right and let's refine the rawness of the left and let's bring that finesse of middle ground, man. Like, like a relationship. Like, babe, I want to go out on Tuesday and Thursday. But babe, I want to go out on Tuesday and Friday. All right, cool. Well, I'll do Thursday, you do Friday, Tuesday, we'll both stay at home. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like something, something like... Yeah. But that was, and that's come from the lawyer that's just won the case. Yeah, that's yeah. had his house. And, I, and, and another thing that he said that was deep, he goes, me and my, my team at my Philadelphia practice, we're not political. We're not those type of people. But legal procedures to the death. And that's what I, I really admired about uh, the whole coverage of what I saw. That was my kind of, my ob observation of it was, if you don't prepare properly in a, in a court of law, you will get totally found out. So yeah, man, we'll have to wait and see what happens now in terms of how the American kind of drama plays out. Because it's just going to be, I don't know, I don't even know, what, like, I've never known any, any time in my whole life where, like, America's been so close to so much kind of divide. Yeah, we've got our own political dramas here. We definitely have our own political dramas here. Say his name. Let's say his name. Say, say it with your chest. Let's say his name proudly. We would love, we would love to let Sir Charles... Sir Charles Walker. We want to let you know. He summed up how the nation is feeling so eloquently, 
so perfectly. I mean, the interview that he done where, you know, he's just like the home secretary, 10 year prison sentence. That's ridiculous. On holiday. 10 years? Yeah. Are you actually going to lock someone up that lied about where they've been? For 10 years. You know what I mean? When armed robbers went, I think manslaughter. Manslaughter is about seven to eight years. And you're going to lock someone up for lying about their holiday for 10 years. It's like, what focus group did they did they have? Or what conversation did they have, right? Like Sage or yeah. Cobra. Like, what conversation did, did the politicians have where everyone went, so do we feel 10 years adequate, <laughs> adequate, Matt? 10, should we go with 10? 10, pretty 10? Boris, Boris, sorry, two seconds, Boris. 10 or 15, what do you think? <laughs> it's like, where, where did you come up with the number 10 years? And what this means is that when they make these stupid announcements is that we're just going to keep undermining their decisions. It goes back to this kind of like um, freestyling politician, politicking that we've got going on, freestyling politicking. So it's like, okay, we're going to get the vaccine. It's V-Day, Matt Hancock's crying. <clears throat> then we get the vaccine and it's like, okay, um, we're going to give you part one now. Going to wait later for part two. Then we get a new variant. Oh, we're not sure if the vaccine is actually going to work on that variant. So we're going to try and mix three vaccines together to make a super vaccine. It's just all very, very freestyly. And, you know, it's like, can I stop wearing a mask after the vaccine? No. Can the restaurant, pub, bars, etc., reopen and everyone work normally? No. Am I resistant to COVID government? Maybe, but we don't know for sure. And it's 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 getting to the point now where we've been in lockdown for a long time. People haven't seen their family. People haven't seen their friends. Yeah. People haven't been to the gym. People's mental well-being, people's health. It's just getting tedious. It's getting, it's, 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 getting, more, it's more than just tedious, man. It's more than just tedious. It's getting, to on, the point. It's getting a bit dangerous now. Get it out, man. It's getting a bit dangerous. So and what, this what, is you, why what, so, um, Sir Charles Walker used the term social unrest. If you keep people locked in, for this, for this amount of time, especially when the high-risk people have been vaccinated, then you're going to have people, then you you may get to a stage of social unrest where people start to just not to trust trust the government anymore. The facts, yeah. are, fact, the facts are facts, but in, yeah, terms, but of thing, in terms of things like 10-year jail sentences, that's just stupid. But let's keep it real as well. Like, yeah. like let's, governments are voted by the people. You're, you're in a political position to serve the people that have voted you, for you. You're not here to, to parent us. You're not here to scare us. You're not here to control us. This is nothing to do with conspiracies or any of that bullshit. Like when a, when a health secretary says to the people of Britain who work and pay tax and have been conforming and have been polite and tolerant and, and understanding and, and, and really knowing that the British people are smart and they probably know their government don't know what the fuck they're doing. But they're like, it's cool. We, we know that you don't know what you're doing, but we're going to give you the benefit of the doubt because... Who really knows what to do when you're dealing with such um, a wild kind of thing like corona in terms of how it affects people, how it um, infects people, the knowledge that we have so far. So, okay, government, no problem. Like, we understand that, you know, there's going to come times where you, you're going to freestyle and you're going to get it wrong. Cool. But to start telling people that you're going to get a 10-year jail sentence or we want to start coming to your houses or police want to start accessing your, your, your medical files or there's, a, there's a, a law getting passed through Parliament, I think it's at House of Lords stage at the moment, where teenagers are allowed to grass up their parents. Like these are not actions or strategies of a government that is doing what it should be doing with its peoples. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. So 
you, you know, when you when you say, oh, I don't really trust the government, it's like, you don't need to say it unsurely, Hash. It's okay to say, like, bro, I don't trust these guys. The thing is, you have to obviously give them the benefit of a doubt because obviously these are guys that, I mean, there are people working in the government that do have the people's best interests Yeah, at so heart. Charles Walker's one of them. So Charles Walker's definitely one of them. Do you know what them. I mean? D David, um, David seems like he's got a bit of a, a, a rationale. But there are, a few, there, are, there are a few select characters that when you hear what they're saying and what they've said in the past, you just don't trust them anymore. No, and it's not it's not and the Matt case. Matt Hancock of, is definitely one of them. Yeah, and it's not a case of like look, Matt Hancock's been seen walking around with a rugby ball for a large crowd. Matt Hancock got caught out with the food thing with Rashford and then tried to praise social media for being the platform that brings this information to Boris light. Johnson was found shortly after the third lockdown, was found cycling around Olympic Park, seven miles away from Downing Street. So And when they asked when they posed the question, no one had an answer. But you know what? You know what? Let's, How do you not have an answer for that? How do you not know why Boris was at was cycling at Olympic Park? Because he's human, just like you're human, and just like I'm human. But the difference is, Hash, we're gonna get a fine for that. We're gonna get. The problem is when you start to allow people to see that there's a there's one rule for you and one rule for everyone else. Yeah. That's when people are gonna start sure. getting start getting a bit frustrated. Unrest. Yeah, and social unrest does not always mean violence. Social unrest does not always mean destruction. It's the precursor to a revolution. Yeah, it's, pre but, it's a precursor to violence. But also, in most an, cases. but but also, an unrest doesn't need to be leading towards violence. It doesn't. No, of course, it doesn't. You know, let's, it just needs to be be us holding people to account. Talking of um, talking of like you know situations that are going on, and and I wanted to t I wanted to touch on. Um, so I found this channel on YouTube called Dust. It's a sci-fi channel, but their productions are really really good. These were the films that you were showing me two days ago, right? The short films. Yeah. And um, the thing with short films, Hash, right? They're wicked when they're filmed properly and, and, and all of that. But it's, 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 it's very difficult for a short film to have an imp like a proper impactful beginning, a good middle. Yeah, and then, yeah, for sure. And then to bring you that with shit. A with a short story, you kind of need to tell the story and reach conclusion very quickly, using about 15 to 20 minutes. Um, but some of the, but it's amazing. So that's why some of the most amazing stories that I've seen have been in short films because of their ability to tell you the story really quickly or put you in a certain scene. They just put you in a scene. They don't tell you the backstory. They don't tell you the what's what's happened after. They just give you one scene of whatever's happening in that story. Yep. But it's amazing um, because you got some short films that I watched that were like nine minutes long. Then you got yeah. some that were eighteen minutes yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. And like it's like you're trying to cram a lot in. For sure. So the ones that do it smartly and pull it off. They're so enjoyable to watch. They can be really, and yeah. you can watch quite a few of them. You can find yourself bouncing from one to the other. But I just want to call out a couple that I thought were really impactful, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. And they're short films, so you ain't got to spend a lot of time watching For them. Sure. Um, so there was one called Slaughterbots, which was very, very interesting to watch. These are like Black Mirror kind of short films, yeah? But obviously not as long as Black Mirror. Yeah. So I'm not, I don't want to give too much away. I'd rather people just take the names, search for them, and maybe see what they think. And these are on YouTube, yeah? These are all on YouTube. The channel is called Dust, um, and then the, all the films are within that channel. Or you can just type in Slaughterbots, and I'm sure it will come up. Um, but if you want to get the correct one, obviously go to the channel Dust. So that was one. There was another one called um, This Time Away, which um, starred a famous British actor. I'm not going to tell you who it is. I think he, um, I think people will know who he is. Um, sure, well, you can shout out the name or you want it to be a surprise. Yeah, I'd like it to be a okay. surprise because what I noticed in these short films, there was one major actor that was in one of them for quite a lot. And there was one major actor that was in one of them 
for like no more than nine seconds. And when I say no more than nine seconds, this dude is a major actor. Like he's major. So I don't know whether a lot of these short films are like testing the audience to see whether they should turn it into a feature film yeah. because it's grabbed the audience with yeah, just yeah. the short part. Sure. But um, <clears throat> that one's called, that one was called, oh, what was that one called, man? Skywatch. Okay. Skywatch. So it's on dust. It's called Skywatch. Um, I'm going to tell you. I'm they're both sci-fi. They're, so I think they're all sci-fi. But when I say sci-fi, don't think of like Blade you like Runner. Black Mirror. Yeah, think more. Think more Black Mirror, yeah. and think more like AI kind of sci-fi. So X Machina. Think think more X Machina and Black Mirror as opposed to Blade Runner, and say. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> excuse me Blade Runner or something like I'm trying to think of a like a space like Star Trek or anything like that okay. it's not like it's not like that so yeah so definitely check out Skywatch check out Slaughterbots This Time Away and the last one is called Hard Reset so yeah well worth checking out should I tell you what I watched last night yeah go for it I read what was this Saturday night movie Leon Ooh. I watched it last night I told you I was going to watch it I watched it last night that's a big film. That's a big film that you went with on a Saturday night. Yeah. So tell me, tell me, tell me. So the tell be, me your vibe. So again, with 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 all films I rewatch, every time I rewatch it, there's always something different that I see in the film. Just quickly, just quickly. Yeah. So when you know you're gonna watch something and it's a rewatch, yeah. Is it a case of what's your what's your criteria? Like you've you've given it a certain amount of months or years. Like, oh yeah, okay. I see like what so for Leon, probably watch it once or twice every year. Yeah, about once or twice every so year. So you felt sank inside you that Yeah, felt there's, like, there's always something in me that tells me it's about time for you to revisit that film. And does that excite you? Knowing that you ain't seen it for, for a long sure, time. Because you know what's coming. You know what yeah, to expect. Yeah, yeah. You know what scenes are coming. <laughs> you, know, you know what the story is. And also you can, um, you can find things that maybe you wanted to see next the next time around that you see the film. So yeah, I rewatched it again last night. So take me through, take and, me through, um, take me through. You put it on. Put right, it on. She's, the, the she's playing amazing, around. The amazing thing about that film is that if you don't know the story, the first scene, something that you think is going to be, okay, cool, I'm, I'm now settling in for like a Hollywood action film, but it's far from that. Because the, the first scene is quite, it's an action-packed scene. Shootout in the hotel, where he takes out the guys. Takes out them geezers, but the way he takes out the last guy. The way he takes out the last no guy. no gunfire involved. <laughs> cold, um, cold and he says, he says He actually says somewhere later in the film that when you become a professional, a true professional, you can get as close to your subject as possible. And that's why the knife is the last weapon that you master. I like when he says to the little girl when, when they got the, they're on the roof and they're doing their practice runs and he's going, you must breathe with your target. Yeah. You must move with your target. And then she's there with her eye in the scope. Yeah. And then she pops him bam, yeah, yeah. straight in the chest and then they shift. Yeah. So you watch that first scene and then you get to, you get to um, the scene. So this the scene straight after the, the first scene, the action pack scene, is Matilda's legs going over the banister and she's there just smoking a cigarette in the corridor. Um, and the music completely changes as well. Completely, like you've now entered a completely different film to, this, to the film that you've just started watching. Completely. Completely different. Completely. And the way that it's shot as well, like the camera shows you the whole hallway, yeah, yeah, the yeah. banister. It's a lot, like, the, the camera movements are a lot slower. Um, and it's like any, almost like a one, camera. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then, so you see, you see Leon come up the stairs, and it's the first time—not the first, I don't think it's the first time they've seen her, but obviously, this first time they've probably spoken. It's such a beautiful their their relationship. I was, I was thinking a lot about their relationship when I was watching it, because obviously she's a twelve-year-old girl, and obviously he's not—he's—he's he's quite an old, an older man. But he's his 
there's really no other way to say this. He's got quite a low. He don't ask questions, Hash. You know what I mean? People he's... think that people think that he's thick, but what I like about Leon is that he just keeps himself to himself. He don't yeah. ask questions. The geezer's just blinkered. Yeah. Like and what do you think? Do you think he's she thick? She showed him. No, no, I don't think he's thick. I just think that can't be um... the way that he murks guys, bro. No, no, for sure. No, do you know what of I mean? course not. Of course not. I just think up until that point, up until that point where he met Matilda, he hadn't really experienced life. He hadn't really seen life. He hadn't really felt life. That's true. That's deep. You know um, what? That's, that's a very good point, actually. It's not that he's he doesn't ask questions. Maybe the exposure to different scenarios and different kind of relationships. Up until that point, he had a limited, he had limited exposure, for well, sure. Actually, do you know what? I, I remember one scene, actually. Though, um, he actually had a love for film. Um, because one of the one of the first intro scenes into him, when, you, when we get to see who he is as a character, um, the only time you see him smiling is when he's sat by himself in the cinema watching a film, and he's got this big grin on his face. Um, so he's an introvert. So he's an introvert, but lover, he, a lover but, of movies. But he's also doesn't like to maybe be fussed off. Yeah. And you know what? Let me ask you a quick, 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 deep thing. Do you think there's enough for them to make a sick sequel about how Leon became Leon? Like a prequel, yeah. Like if 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 I said Actually, to you if I said to you, hey bro, tomorrow there's gonna be a program on or Netflix are making a program where they've taken a story of Leon and done a prequel and they've made it where you see him as a, a child, a teenager. Bro, that's a serious idea. Do you know what I mean? Just like that Godfather needs, 2. Needs to be, yeah, for Just sure. like Godfather 2, with, when you see Brando singing in, yeah. in, in the room, looking at the Statue of Liberty yeah, yeah. as a young uh, Vito. Yeah. And then you see, obviously, him as De Niro. So I think they, they could make a Leon film where you show us how Leon became Leon. Well, if Luke Besson is listening to this, director and the writer, make that prequel. Yeah, man. I'd watch that. I'd definitely watch that. Do you know what I mean? Because to see Leon, to see how Leon became Leon. Yeah. Because like, also we get a bit of um, an insight. Do you remember when he goes to his Italian guy? I forget his name. I know um, the guy you mean, the guy that owns the restaurant. The one who gets his hits off. It's the one that pays him and the one that gives him the hits. Yeah, so he gave a bit of insight when he said that, when he said to him, if anything happens to me, give the money to Matilda. But the guy said, careful when it comes to women. Remember the last time you got involved with a woman, what happened? He said, you came here into this country, you were in trouble because of a woman and I helped you out. I brought you in, I took you in. His name was Tony. And the real name was Danny. Tony. I might it. say this wrong. It's Danny Ielio. So who so is that, that girl? Be, who, be, who is sure, that girl? Yeah, we, we need to know that. We need to know. We need to know that. And I think um, I noticed with the Karate Kid, uh-huh. they've made a program called Cobra Kai. So essentially a dude on YouTube made a video based on the theory of the Karate Kid, Danny LaRusso, being actually the bad guy in the film. Yeah. And he'd done this whole kind of... It's, it's got on YouTube and you, anyone that goes on YouTube puts in um, uh, Cobra Kai, they'll, they'll see it come up. And all I'm saying is that he's put up this video with that theory. Then Will Smith, if I'm not mistaken, executively produced um, a series called Cobra Kai, which was based on the characters when they got older. So it's not a prequel hash. It's whatever it is when they get older. Yeah. So... All I'm saying is that that show's been really popular on Netflix. Like, Cobra Kai has been really, really popular. Loads of people have... It's an easy watch, 20 minutes episodes. Do you know what I mean? It's like lightweight cheese, proper lightweight cheese. But it's entertaining. And because it's got the nostalgia of Karate Kid, the film, all the people that watched that film as a kid are now adults. And they're like, yeah, man, this program's jokes. Like, you see Danny LaRusso and you see the other dude with the blonde hair, blah, 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 blah. So what I'm saying is that there are so many Leon fans as well. There's so, so many, many Leon fans. There's so many fans that, that would like to see that story. Yeah, man. So, sure. but let me ask you: when you was watching it, and the young girls with her family, sisters doing aerobics, everyone's potting around the house. Yeah. Was you even ready no, for the for onslaught no. of violence and no. gunplay? 
that was about to come your way. Not even close. I mean, and fuck, you know. I have to say as well, having watched that film again, Gary Oldman possibly plays one of the best on-screen villains I have ever seen. Gary Oldman in Leon, that acting is just, that's a, that's a whole nother level of acting. Whole nother level. Yeah, he was absolutely possessed. When he takes possessed. the... Possessed. He was possessed. Yeah, and the blaze of, of destruction. Every did time it, he cracked a pill. Yeah, and, and bust a Mozart. And he just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'd play the classical yeah, music. Yeah. Um, and he said, he said, I stopped shooting because the song in my head became boring. I think it was one of the first films, you know, where I saw young people get taken out. And it really fucked with me, man. Like, when, when they come in the yard, it really fucked with me when the dreadlock geezer shot up the baby, mm. man. Like, like really, really, I, did, I, wasn't re I wasn't really ready for that. Yeah. And, um, like, it could bring a coldness over you, man. Sure. Like, that was some cold, cold shit. So... And you felt it as well because we saw what Matilda went through. She yeah. didn't care. She said, I didn't care about anyone else. I just cared about him. Yeah. And, and it's, it's giving me goosebumps now, man. But, like, like... Like you could see a really innocent girl that had just, that was it. Innocence mm -hmm. is gone. There's no more running in a field. There's no more drawing on paper. There's no more building shit with a dollhouse. There's no more, none of that. That's all gone. Dreams, blue skies, gone. And I think for Leon, he was, he, he, it was like, it's like he knew he had to help her because he knew the motivation on her story was valid and justified. But I think, I think it brought him pain as well to see that he was watching this girl become darker and darker and darker because of the, the revenge energy that she had in, in her. Because it was just her brother that she really... It was just her brother. Just she her brother, man. And she's so brave as well. Like when she busts up in the, in the, in the office and she's got the... <laughs> she comes to shoot them all up and they're yeah, just yeah. like... I think they're in the boys' toilet. They're in the, they're in the, the gents, yeah, sorry. Yeah, the gents. She's got three straps just in a, in a takeaway you know bag. Mean? And they're like, what Ready the to take them out. They're like, who the fuck yeah. is, is this girl, man? Yeah, yeah. Like, are you, is, she, is she for real? But And Leon comes in, guns blazing. It comes into a federal building and just... So out of all the, out of all the scenes where he's doing what he's doing, mm -hmm. which one which to my you favorite. Was, the, was like, what brought a tear to your eye? And can I just say this as well? Yeah. His destruction was art, man. For sure. The way the, the way that it was filmed, like I know it's all deaf and all that, and it's it's it is a negative thing, but it's a story though. But it was art, man. It was yeah. like fucking artwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, what was your um? The last scene, the last scene for sure, because you got a glimpse of how many men they needed to bring in to take him out. So when he when things went down, when he changed into the uniform and they were taking him down the stairs, and as they were taking him down the stairs. The stairwell was just packed full of SWAT guys, armed police. So the magnitude. All of that yeah. for one man. And, know he was still, and he still managed to escape. Yeah, because that's, that's what everyone fails to remember is that he, he'd got out. Yeah. It was only because, I don't know why Gary Oldman clocked to stay in a certain part of the building that he stayed in. He yeah, knew yeah, yeah. for some reason to, or he clocked, I think he clocked the fact that one, he was one of the SWAT team was walking the other way. Leon was sat and someone was attending to him. And then Gary Oldman clocked him sitting in the corner. That's it. Yeah. That was cold. Clocked him sitting in the corner. But you know what it was for me? When they all started coming up the stairs and they're all getting in position, this is, this is the first attempt, right? So when they're all getting in position, I thought to myself, fucking hell. Like he is, is they, they got him. Do you know what I mean? He's in, yeah. the, he's in the apartment. Yeah. And when he dropped down from the ceiling. When he dropped down from the ceiling. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Bro, I, I, was, I was jumping out of my chair like, 
Do you know what was amazing in the build up to that scene? You know, when Matilda's coming back from the shops oh, and beautiful. they grab Matilda and then they asked her, is there a secret code so he knows it's you? That's when they grab her mouth. That's when they grab her mouth. Yeah, she's, she's smiling. She's thinking everything's yeah, yeah, blessed. Yeah, yeah. And they grab her mouth and then they put the air. You know, I had a t-shirt made, didn't it? I saw, yeah. Yeah, I, saw so that. I, 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 got, saw I got a t-shirt made with, um, with him uh, holding her. This image that you chose is possibly the most emotional image in that whole film. Bro. That specific frame of that film is the most emotional. It captures everything. It captures the whole essence of that film. <sighs> that, for me, I've got no words to say after that, man. You summed it up brilliantly. That's exactly why I picked that image because it's got it all, man. It's got it all. The chaos, the trust, the loyalty, the carnage, like the, the vulnerability, the risk. Oh, man, it's pandemonium. The damage, the destruction, it's got it all. But amongst all of that, when he pulls that oven out, it's like it's like sunlight coming through the cracks of 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 a of a, of a cave. When you finally you're trapped in a cave and you you move a rock and you finally see yeah, yeah, yeah. sunlight. When he pulled out that thing, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. to myself, "You absolute G, absolute G, absolute G." Because you know he already planned all of that. It's all planned. All all planned. But yeah, to anyone, um, Leon is a film. That if I, it's, it's it's a film that can be described as powerful. It's a very powerful, and there's very few films that are powerful. Leon is definitely one of them. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's got the way it's filmed, and I think the, the 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 type of music that's used. All in all, it is a high quality, emotional, just fantastic production, man. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's got to be. It's got to be a top tenner. Oh, for sure. Could be a top oh, tenner, sure, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, for could sure. actually be sitting at the table. With, I mean, if you if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go, I don't even know if there's a hitman category. I'd, I'd say top five, to be honest. So, but it, so in this category, yeah. if 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 it had a genre, it's got to be number one. That's the thing about the film; it doesn't. It's not really. Um, kind of has its own genre. That's what I'm it's saying. Not really a genre, like you can't so, really because it's yeah, universal yeah. Yeah, yeah. in its approach in terms of touching so many, like a pound for pound kind of breakdown. Yeah. You look at when they when they break down pound for pound fighters, you know, it's, it's you're looking at every aspect of the fighter and they're in the hundreds for all of them. For so sure. they're, they're P for P. Yeah, That's yeah. why Floyd Mayweather is Floyd Mayweather. So I would say that, yeah, it's got to be definitely um, top five dead or alive, man. Top five dead or alive. We, what, what did we recommend? We recommended some songs and some films last week. Um, you recommended three songs. Yeah. What are you, what are you recommending? You got any, you got any, Oh, I do have a film recommendation. It's called The Game with Sean Penn and Michael Douglas. Okay. Directed by David Fincher, who's the same guy that wrote and di- that directed, sorry, Fight Club. It's a serious film. So what got you about this um, film? Like, What's the story? Like? The plot is amazing. Is it, stop, is it um, not, not stock market, is it? No, no, no. It's, um, I'm not going to say anything. If anyone wants to watch a really good film and a really good story and a really good plot, The Game. Directed by David Fincher, starring Michael Douglas and Sean Penn. That's my recommendation. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and uh, I'm gonna recommend nothing and say everyone watch that. Watch the game. You got two powerful actors. Good storyline. Good storyline. From what you're saying, I'm gonna watch that. Very good storyline, and also one that's relevant to the times. Well, even better. When you say relevant to the times, with so many different things going on, which part of the times? You'll see. <laughs> All right, we'll check that out. Come back. Come back and let everyone. Know.